hey, hey, what's up, beautiful people? Welcome to yet another Wannabe Entrepreneur, the podcast about what's really like to bootstrap a company. My name is Tiago, but that you already know, unless you are a new listener. And if you are, welcome to this podcast. I've been narrating my indie life, my indie hacker's life for the past two years now. And yeah. I will just keep on doing. There's always new adventures, new perspectives in life, and a lot of things that we learn together as entrepreneurs. My life has been a happy life. I don't know where I'm going with this, to be honest, but it's true. I'm so privileged. Privileged. When... I, I really started to understand how privileged I was when I left my country, the country where I was born, at least, Portugal. I was born in Portugal, in uh, Lisbon, or at least in the nearby Lisbon, in the suburbs. And at, I think, 22, 23, I left the country to explore the northern part of Europe, the countries. Of, or, or at least the country that was um, said to be cold. Not only the weather was cold, but the people were cold, but very efficient. People that loved to follow rules. And if you haven't guessed already, I'm talking about the Germans. Yes, I went and lived in Germany for seven years. I think so, six, seven years, uh, COVID kind of messed up things, but yeah, around seven years. And I have to say, living abroad changed my life forever. It was seven years, so obviously it's actually a big part of my adult life. But still, it changed my life in ways I couldn't even imagine. First of all, what here in Portugal we thought to be cold... In Germany, it's just the way they live. It's cultural. They just live life in a different way. The way they follow rules is normally... It makes sense. You know what I mean? And they look at us in the same way as we look at them. We look at them as people that like to have things organized, where you can easily easily see the, the limits, the boundaries... When you know what you should do, and here, or they look at us as people where these boundaries are blurred. I don't know if it's the same in all the southern European countries, but here in Portugal, rules are made to be broken. We are a very passive and yeah, country in general. Uh, we don't have a lot of strikes. They are often not violent. Everything is very chilled. So every time our government comes with a rule, a rule that we do not agree with, we just ignore it. <laughs> we find ways to go around it. There's this gray area. And that for Germans can be really, really annoying. For Germans, it's completely different. I can give you a great example. When we were in COVID, in the beginning of COVID, when they decided to make masks mandatory. I don't know if you remember in the beginning... Everyone was saying that masks were not effective to contain COVID. Wrong. Extremely wrong. Uh, 
But then suddenly they started making mandatory in supermarkets, in indoor spaces. And then in Dusseldorf, Germany, they decided to make it mandatory outside, in the streets. Even if there was no one around you, you just needed to wear a mask. That didn't go well for Germans. No, 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 no. no. It's the only place where they could be free and get some fresh air. Now, even then, they needed to wear a mask. Here in Portugal, this rule would be just basically ignored. Or we would just come up with ways to go around it. For instance, when there was the mandatory curfew, people would just buy dog leashes and go. And then if the police would stop them, they'd be like, yeah, I'm just walking my dog. And they would just point to the leash and say, like, I don't know what the dog is. <laughs> that actually happened. In Germany, no. In Germany, they trust the government and they want to follow the rules. If the rules exist, there's probably a reason and we should all follow them. If they don't agree with the rules, they do not ignore it. They try to do something against them. They try to complain. They try to dispute these rules. And that's what happened. In Dusseldorf, one day when that rule was applied, a bunch of people from Germany decided to contest and dispute this. And in two days, this was overruled, or actually overruled, no, was rolled back. So they said, according to the law, this, this rule cannot go forward, so no more masks outside. I was fascinated by this. And in a lot of ways, I, my mentality changed. It changed from this Portuguese mentality where everything is allowed between a certain limit to this German mentality where you should follow the rules because they make sense. Now I live a little bit in the between, right? In Germany, they are, for me, a little bit too strict, too inflexible, and that's annoying. I don't want to live like that. But in Portugal, it's the opposite. Everything is in this gray area. We are now in the process of setting up the the entity of a company, of PodSqueeze. Right? We're going to properly set up a company, we have an accountant, and we want to make everything official. So far, we have been dealing this in our own way. Everything is legal, but it's not the proper way to do it. Now that the, the company is growing, we want to create a proper company, a proper entity, and yeah, have this as an organization instead of as an individual. So... For the first time in my life, I decided to hire an accountant. Why did I decide to hire an accountant? Because navigating taxes in Portugal is absurd. It's crazy. Just for you to understand, when you are filing your taxes, your personal taxes, you just go to the website and you have to fill in a bunch of forms. And these forms are named with a letter. Yes, there's Form F and Annex B. Of course, they could have created Annex of uh, your work um, expenses. They could be more verbose in the name, but they are not. Why? I have no idea. Sometimes I think that they make this not necessarily complicated or excessively... Ex excessively? What is the word? Ex too complicated. <laughs> That's what I want to say. They make this too complicated on purpose because 
they want us to hire accountants. They want to somehow create jobs. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but it, it does seem that way. It's so annoying. There's so many different taxes and so many different ways to set up your company. And suddenly I started to realize for the first time in my life how high the taxes are in Portugal. Not only in Portugal, don't get me wrong, around the whole Europe, but I think in Portugal they're complicated, they're expensive, and if we actually make the calculations, we end up actually giving more than 50% of our revenue to the government, which is something that makes me really upset. Don't get me wrong, I'm not right-wing... I do believe in social state and I do believe that we should all contribute for the country and for the people and for development of the country, education and all of that. But at the same time, come on, more than 50%. You know, you you have followed my journey here, right? You know the struggle I went through to make this work. And suddenly, once finally I get a glimpse of success, All of this goes away. And now I don't want to go into discussions on if this money that we're paying as taxes here in Portugal is being uh, properly used. Uh, Spoiler alert, I don't think it is. But still, in any country, even if it was really well used, I I would still think that it's too much. So I started asking to my accountant, what can we do? And there's a bunch of things that you can do, a bunch of ways where you can just set up your company. I I don't want to bother you with the details, but just for you to understand why I'm saying there are so many taxes, let's just go like do a a quick rundown and and probably just let me know if it's the same in your country or not. But let's just start with VAT. VAT, it's a tax on on products. So basically something that you put on top of uh, any product or service you offer. And some people say that this is not a tax because that's paid by the client. But in my view, it's a tax, right? Because if the clients are willing to pay this, it means that we could be getting that money directly into the company. And But no. So in Portugal, this is around, I think, 22 or 23%, okay, which is very high. Then you have the taxes over the profit, which is around 20% in Portugal, right? And so we are already in around 43%. But we still didn't pay salary. So if I want to take now those profits to myself, I will pay another 28% on top. It's already 60-something. It's crazy, right? Now, there's one way. There's one way to reduce these taxes. And that way is to declare expenses, right? So you only pay, or some of these taxes are only paid for the profits. If you make no profits, you pay no taxes, which, okay, at least this makes sense. So when when you pay a salary to, to an employee, when uh, for us, for instance, the expenses we use to run our PodSqueeze app, right? Like the APIs we use, and the Google service and all of that, those are expenses. And those are subtracted from our profits or from our revenue, which reduce our profits. So that's something we can do there to reduce our um, our taxes, the taxes we have to pay. And now here there's two interesting things. First of all, 
again, we are in Portugal, and there's this weird gray area, something that I don't totally understand. And I've talked with a lot of different accountants, and they, they don't seem to have an opinion. Some think in different ways. They basically think in different ways. And I bet that in Germany, this doesn't work like this. So now what we are discussing here is what can be considered an expense, right? There are things that are obvious. So let's say the salary of an employee, that's an expense of the company, obvious. But then what if I am using the car and I use the gas for expenses? It depends. If I'm using the car for doing the job, that's one thing. If I'm not using the car for doing the job, if I'm just going for you know, sightseeing or whatever, I want to travel around Portugal, that's not necessarily because of the job. So this is where the gray area kind of lives. Because now you need to prove that you are doing this. If you're, you're taking the car, you're going for dinner, traveling, whatever, you need to, to say that you are using this because of your job. But how can you prove that? I mean, some things are clear, right? If you are going to visit a client, but what if you are going to visit a client and then you end up staying there for a holiday? You know what I mean? So these things are not clear. And then some accountants will say that you cannot use this as an expense. Some will say you can. And... I know what you're asking, but aren't there rules, specific rules, where someone could just go there and read those rules and everything is well-defined? Well, there are. There are these rules. But the issue is that these rules are enforced by these people that audit you. So first of all, it might be that they will not never audit you. They will only audit you if there's a complaint or a random audit or if you're just making too much money, Right. So that's one thing. The other thing is that depending on the person that is auditing you, some of them might accept and some might not. So that's something that annoys me. That's something where the part of my brain that lived in Germany just cannot comprehend. Why are things so complex? Another thing that is really interesting is that it, it seems that this whole system of companies are made for you to spend money. So if I have expenses, let's say we buy a car and we say that the car is needed for the company, then it actually can reduce my the taxes, the taxes that I pay. So by buying a car, I can actually save money because I get the car plus I pay less taxes. So there's a certain threshold where you actually need these expenses. You should spend money to make money, but in, in the wrong way. You are spending money on things that you don't need, right? I can buy a second-hand car. That's basically, actually, I'm, I'm looking for it right now. Or I can buy a new car. And I need a second-hand car, and that's better for the, the planet. I don't need a new car. But if I buy a new car, I pay less taxes. What? This makes no sense. Why is this made in this, this way? We are living in a different world nowadays. In a world where companies are fully online. PodSqueeze is just in Portugal because I live in Portugal at the moment. But it doesn't need to be in Portugal. Heck, most of my clients are not Portuguese. Most of my clients are from the US, from Europe, 
they are not from here. But I'm competing with the market all around the world as well. I'm not competing with a coffee place next door. I'm competing with companies that are based everywhere in the world. They are based in countries that are better tax-wise, that have lower tax rates. How can I compete with them if I'm living here? So it's a bit weird. We are living in this weird world where it doesn't really matter where you live because your work is fully remote. Your clients are fully remote. There's no boundaries in the internet, right? Well, there are some, I guess, but most of that, there's no boundaries. But I am being judged and influenced by the country where I live at the moment. Sometimes it feels that the the way the taxes are made is just for you to feel okay spending more money. As an example, uh, today, Wednesday, was office day. I told you in the last episode that I decided to do this because I'm an extrovert person. I need to get out of the house. I'm going crazy. It's been two years mostly working from here. And now that I have a business that is kind of working, I I can afford to do this. I can afford to finally start working on a different place and, and maybe getting colleagues, you know, other indie makers. And I have my co-founder as well. And I'm, I'm trying to implement this where we go every Wednesday, we go to a co-working space and we work from there. And my co-founder, João, is not very into that because he likes to stay at home. And he was saying as well, I think it's an excuse, but it's too expensive. Oh, no, now we're going to... It's 15 bucks. Now we're going to pay 15 bucks. It's too expensive. But then I told him, hey, these are expenses. We can just put it in the company and actually can save money. So suddenly it's an excuse. Suddenly I feel that... I can actually spend that money freely without, you know, thinking twice. I don't know. It seems that it's somehow made so that you feel okay spending money, which is a bit weird. Today, before going to this working space, I had a chat with uh, my previous boss uh, from boss from Weekend, and uh, it's someone that I also consider a mentor. Is an entrepreneur, but is the VC kind entrepreneur. So the one that, I love his companies, he he always tries to raise money. And I've been asking, not only to him, but other mentors or people around me that have more experience in entrepreneurship. And I asked him, like, what do you think we should do? Shall we go for, like, VC and raise money and and raise a couple of million if, if we can so that we can grow this faster? Or shall we keep on bootstrapping? Funny enough, these mentors, well, I guess it's no surprise, but they told me that I should raise money because they are used to that. And one interesting thing he told me was, do you want to play in the big leagues or not? Because if you want to play in the big leagues, which means becoming a big company, hiring people, more and more users, thousands of users, then you should go through this, this route. You should raise money. And that kind of got me thinking, why is that the big leagues, right? Again, the way things are set up, you need this kind of money to grow, right? Another thing they told me was that if there's big, a lot of competition around you, 
and they can take over the market. That's another reason for you to grow fast. But again, this doesn't seem very sustainable. You know that I started this whole journey with a climate change app. And I kind of realized that companies, the way companies are made, the, the, the way the world is organized is so that you always keep growing, grow fast, you know, grow fast. And I want to do things differently. And now for the first time in my life, I get the change, the, the chance to do it. You know, it's my company. No one owns it. Well, it's mine and, and Joel's, but we see alike and it's ours. So why shall we now go and raise money just because we're going to, quote unquote, play in the big leagues? So the more I think about it, the more I, I'm, I'm actually split. I, I think that in one way, we know how we, we would use the money and probably would grow faster. In the other way, we don't want to do it. We don't want to do it because I think we think it's stressful. We think it doesn't go along with our ideal lifestyle, uh, which is also something important. So every decision we make, right, because we fully own this company, we first think if this goes along with the lifestyle when I live. And we need to put in the brakes or apply the brakes very often, very often. And a great example um, you probably remember was when we were considering using the lifetime deal with AppSumo. We ran the numbers, but in the end, one of the main reasons why we decided not to go with it was because we thought we wouldn't be happy doing it. We asked ourselves, do you want to spend our summer basically doing customer support and worrying about these numbers? Then we said, no, we don't want to do this. It's not something that makes it will make us happy. And basically with every decision we are making, now, for instance, we are trying to come up with better prices for our services, for the APIs that we are using. And often these better prices come if you make a commitment, which means that you put some money up front and you make a commitment to that API and then you get a better price. However, this commitment can mean that you will be using this API for the next 12 months. Which for, at first we thought, yeah, makes makes all sense because it will cost us three times less. But then if we really think about it, uh, we think, wait, is this really what we want to do? Uh, AI is changing in ways that are incredible. Like if we look 12 months ago, there was no ChatGPT. There was nothing like this. Like everything changed. So who's to say that everything will stay the same in the next 12 months? Probably not, right? But we are making this commitment. If we were a VC-backed company we wouldn't think twice, I would assume. Okay, we have maybe a million in the bank, 5K is nothing, let's just do it. And even if we want to change, we change. But since we are bootstrapped and we want to keep living like this, we need to make this kind of decisions. It's a different way of running a company, but I do think that these are the big leagues. There's nothing more pure than bootstrapping a company, than starting from nothing and just by pure work and skill and a tiny bit of luck, you are able to grow this to a sustainable company, a profitable company. Because there are a lot of VC companies there. They have tons of users. 
and they are huge and everyone knows them, but they don't make profits. Crazy. I mean, they, they get revenue, of course, but they have more expenses than the revenue they bring. And, and yeah, maybe this is the way the, the market works right now because you are creating jobs, you are doing all of this, but you are never actually creating money. Uh, it's, it's a bit weird. And I do understand both sides, to be honest. I understand, and I'm not saying that one is better than the other. It, they are just different. They are just purely different. So this is where I get the kick out of. Like, I want to do things differently. I want to bootstrap a company. And I want to figure out what this is. And I want to help others as well do the same. Like, you know, I, we are paving the way towards starting something, a tech company, without any VC, VC investment, which is really, really amazing. Another thing that kind of shocked us, we today we were working, as I told you, from the office, and we were kind of already decided to, to use one service. They were giving us a good price, and I started implementing it, and then suddenly like, there was a bug or something, and I, was, I got a bit annoyed because it's not reliable, and we need it to be really reliable. At the same time, we just get an email, like, bloop, like, what is this? And this is another provider basically telling us that they have new prices for us. Joe and I jump in, into a call and they, they give us the new prices and we say, wow, this is amazing. This is actually quite good. And we just look at the, the, the amount of money we are able to, to save you know, in one month and we think, whoa, just by doing this change, we get to save enough money to cover a minimal wage in Portugal. Granted, a minimal wage in Portugal is not a lot. It's around 700 euros or something. But wow, isn't it crazy that two months ago or three months ago, I was trying to get a minimal wage for my projects and now we are saving a minimal wage by just uh, a change in our providers. That's crazy. Like, it's absolutely crazy. And at the same time, I think how this minimal wage, this money can be life-changing for, for a lot of people. And um, so recently, uh, my partner and I, we, we hired someone to help us here with, with the cleaning. Um, so she comes basically once a week for two hours. And uh, it, it doesn't seem like a lot, but for us, it's... It changes everything. It changes everything because, to be honest, we do not love cleaning and, and she'll hate me uh, by me sharing this too with you. So hopefully she won't listen to this now. But we don't like cleaning. Um, so it's something that we need to do, obviously, but it's something that we don't like. So having someone that we can actually afford that can come here and help us. At first, it sounds a little bit posh. It seems weird. You know, it, it seemed a bit weird that, okay, someone is actually coming here and, and clean up our mess. But at the same time, it's so amazing. It's great. It's really good. And um, it's, it's also changed a little bit. the perspective. So the first time she came here, she was like super nice and clean. Like two hours she was here working really like every minute of this hour and super, you know, efficient. The house was really nice afterwards. And then I thought, wow, while she was cleaning, I was working, right? 
Normally, I would need to take that amount of time to do a much worse job, right? But now I was able to work. And if I think about how much my hour costs, right? So if I get, for instance, a freelancer, uh, or if I do it as a freelancer, or if I somehow calculated uh, my my how much one hour of work for me uh, makes me, you know, in terms of money for potsuits, whatever, I would say it's around 60 bucks. Like if I have a freelance gig, I can charge sixty bucks. I've done this before, sixty bucks an hour, and I'm I'm now paying uh, much less than that. We are paying around ten ten bucks an hour here, uh, which is a little bit. It's 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 actually not bad per hour for uh, for those services. And a lot of people are like, "Hey, that's actually too much." But I, I on purpose we we wanted to do this. Like, no, it's I mean it's also only two hours, so. It should be properly compensated. I still think it's it's too low to be honest for the service they they do. But I she's actually making me money, which is really interesting because if you just change the perspective of the service she's providing to us, it also changes the value that you are willing to pay. So here in Portugal, when you say okay, I'm paying for someone to like for a cleaning service. And you say $10 an hour, a lot of people say that's too much. That's too much because it's quote-unquote just cleaning. Everyone can do it. I mean, I cannot. Like, I think there's people that are much better, so I, I, I don't agree with that. But that's kind of the, the thought. Like, no, it's just cleaning. Like, you don't need, like, a formal education for this. So whatever, uh, you shouldn't pay too much. But you, th if you think about in a different way, if you think, okay, this is not a cleaning service. This is a different industry. This is in the industry of saving you time. And now you can just reuse this time. You can reuse this time to to chillax, to, to do other stuff, you know. Or you can reuse this time to make money. And if you are able to make more money than the money you are spending, then she's actually making you money. That's crazy. Like it's it's really changed everything for me. If you if you think about it now, in this way, by hiring someone to take over a task that I don't enjoy doing, I can actually spend more time doing something that I enjoy and can actually bring more income to me. Right? So I don't know, that's that's also super interesting and also something that we want to apply in pod squeeze because um now we can see tasks that we that we delegate in a different way, right? So I always think it like this. And to give you a counterexample, I was looking for someone to help me edit the interview that I've, I've been meaning to release for a long time, which, by the way, it's almost done. I'm almost finishing with it. I've, I've been editing it. But I thought, hey... I'm just postponing this so much because I'm I'm busy with pod quiz and everything. Maybe I could just apply the same logic and hire someone to edit it. So I, I tried to apply the same logic. I tried to find someone and I got a budget. And then I thought, okay, it would take me around, let's say, three hours to, to edit this interview. 60 bucks an hour is 180 bucks. So if I'm able to get someone and, and pay less than that, then it's worth it, right? So that's always my logic now. I always think, how much can I make in an hour if I put the effort into it? And I, if I'm 
hiring someone, it needs to be, and if I'm able to do that task as well, by the way, like I'm able to clean, I'm able to edit the podcast. So it's a completely different story if it's something I cannot do, right? Like that's why certain services you pay so much, um, for instance, a mechanic or something like this, because I cannot fix a car. But in this case, I can do it. So it's really easy for me to make the calculations. And in the end, the budget this person gave me was actually higher than 180 bucks. So then it was easy for me to make a decision. I just thought, okay, no, uh, it makes no sense because I'm actually losing money by doing this. So now I try to apply this, this logic everywhere. But one thing that really shock, shocked me, and um, I mean, it comes as no surprise, but here in Portugal, and I guess around Europe in general, but Portugal rents are really high in comparison with the minimal wage. It's a country where you can actually work full-time job and still not be able to afford a place to live, which makes me really sad, really, really sad. And this person uh, that comes here and cleans, she's in the same, this kind of situation, situation where it's really hard for her to find a place to live, even though she works super hard. She has like a, her main job and the some, uh, some these extra gigs. And it makes me, it makes me sad. You know, first of all, that our country, like we are paying this amount of taxes, which are crazy, right? And still these things do not work. But then again, it humbles me a lot. Because as I was telling you, we were just able to save a minimal wage in Portugal. And this money for us, of course, we are happy to save that. But it can be life-changing for, for a lot of people. It can be life-changing for a lot of people. So it also makes me think on, first of all, how lucky we are. We are extremely lucky uh, for a lot of reasons. But now, most, most specifically, to be able to find a project like this, a project that actually does not require our hours to, to make money. We can make money even if we are not working, which is the dream. I have to say, it's it's really amazing. But I also think that I want to make a difference with this. It's possible and we want to help people. And uh, yeah, so maybe one way would be actually to raise money because then we could just hire people and we could make this change. You know, it's... I don't know why I want to do this. It's probably somehow connected with my ego and also the reason why I want to be an entrepreneur. But I feel that I want to contribute, you know, to society, to this country as well. Because I think, again, living in Germany and coming here, society here is still backwards. A lot of things that, especially work-wise, they are broken. They are completely broken. And people just, they don't get in money the value that they give, which is really sad. So uh, we want to make that difference. We want to pay more to the people we hire. And we have this this possibility, which is really, really cool. Um, at the same time, and maybe some of you might think it's a little bit contrary, uh, in, not intuitive, but contrary to what I'm saying, we don't want to hire people. 
uh, as as bootstrap i mean we want but we don't have the money so we're doing this 40 percent. so uh, we give 40 percent uh, commission um, so we created these business partners so we have the normal affiliates where you basically get automatically approved and you get 25 percent commission but then we created this other special case we call it business partners and they get 40 percent it's really a lot. It's a big percentage. In, in the end, they actually, after we pay our taxes and the cost and everything, they actually make more money than us from this transaction. But it's. I think it's a great way for a bootstrap company to grow. Uh, we. What we want from from these business partners is for them to be represented, like represent PodSqueeze. They are official partners of PodSqueeze, and we want them to be the face of Podsquiz in their markets and, and to represent us. So it's 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 more than just getting a link and putting your website. So we are like interviewing all of these people and trying to get to know them. We started already with a few that might be interested. So far, no one still like generated any sales for us. But I don't know. I My dream is that maybe we can also change their lives a little bit. Like, like Podsquiz changed my life and Jean's life maybe can change the life of other people. Isn't that beautiful? Like, that's the beauty of entrepreneurship, right? The beauty of entrepreneurship is that we can change lives and we can change the world. Yeah. Like uh, that quote, that uh, it takes a, a person that is crazy enough to think that they can change the world to actually change it. So... The more we are able to accomplish these things that seem to be impossible, the more we believe we can do more. <laughs> uh, the more and more. I said more a lot, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of the status at the moment. And uh, that was the reflection for for you today. If you have any questions or any suggestions or ideas on how we should run pod squeeze, please send it my way at WB Tiago. Stay tuned because I'll be releasing this interview with Simon and myself and Yossi. It's about how Simon acquired the company, uh, Yossi's company. So it's, it's a great chat uh, where I have both parts of the deal talking to each other, which is really fun. And it's I'm just finishing it. So I don't know. I'll probably release it on a weekend or something like that. So just stay tuned for that. And if you want to contribute to this podcast and meet other indie makers, and if you're feeling a little lonely as an entrepreneur, you can join the community, the WB community, and it costs $10 per month, and you'll be also um, supporting this podcast. And that'll be great. And the links are in the description of or in the show notes of this episode. Yeah, and that's basically it. I wish you a great end of the week and a weekend as well. End of the week, weekend. I mean, there are different things, I guess. Um, but I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Did you know that McDonald's in Portugal has soup?
Yeah, you can actually get soup instead of fries in McDonald's. I thought it was everywhere. 